Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I want to deal tonight and minister for the next few minutes on the filter of vision. The filter of vision. I have a chapter in my book, The Local Church, The Hope of the World, called The Filter of Vision. And, uh, you know, when, when we think about vision, very often people intertwine and inter- intermix uh, the concepts of, like, goal setting and things of that nature. Vision, though, comes with its own power source. When God gives you a vision... It comes supplied with its own power source. Amen. When I was a kid growing up, you always liked to see those toys that said batteries included. Why? Because the power source came with it. Amen. The power source came with it. And so as a church, God has set us where he has for us to be a voice. Amen. He set us in DeSoto, Kansas. He's put us here in Little Rock for us to be a voice. One time Scott Webb was sitting with Brother Hagen in, uh, in uh, the mall there in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, the way Pastor Scott tells it, he says, you know, we were sitting there on the benches that they put there for the husbands, you know, and, and, and the wives were shopping. And uh, he said uh, that he was asking Brother Hagen some questions, asking him questions about vision and asking him questions about doing, you know, accomplishing all that God wanted uh, 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 him to accomplish with the plans and purposes that he had. And Brother Hagen made a statement that to him that has just stuck with me. He said, you know, in this mall, he said, uh, if, if I was to yell out really loud, he said, it's big enough, it's cavernous enough that there would be an echo. Right? There would be an echo. And he said, if you want to see God do everything that he wants to do in your life, you've got to get to the place where you're not just an echo, but you're a voice. Right? You have something to say. Amen. You have something to say. Now, everybody at one time in their life, understand this, that they are an, an echo. I still echo my pastor. I still echo the men that have went ahead of me. I'll never stop doing that. But to a large extent, over the last quarter century, last 25 years, God has given us a voice. Amen. Hallelujah. We're the voice of the word of faith in the many of your lives. We're the voice of the word of faith in the many of your family's lives. if, If somebody is your pastor, they are, understand this when I say this, they are not just a voice, they are the primary voice into your life. Why? Because they're the ones that God has gifted. They are the ones that God has endowed with the ministry gift to speak directly into your life. Nobody can speak into my life like my pastor can speak into my life because he has a direct connection spirit to spirit. When God hooks a person up with the church, he doesn't hook them up with the church per se as he does he hooks them up with that pastor. And they see each other and speak to each other spirit to spirit, heart to heart, Because that's how God connects. God doesn't connect you mentally. He connects you spiritually. There's a spiritual connection. 
Amen. And do, do you understand? And so he said that he has set us where he has for us to be a voice. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29 and 18. <clears throat> you know this verse, but notice where there is no vision, where there is no vision, where there's no revelation, the people perish or the people cast off restraint. But he that keeps the law happy is he. So where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint or they perish. Now, a goal is something that you set. Vision is what I received from God. Someone may say, well, I have a vision to win 10,000 souls. No, you have a goal to win 10,000 souls. The vision is to get people saved. But your goal within that vision is 10,000 souls. Remember Pastor Caldwell telling the story? He said they had been in the building for a number of years. And he said one day he went down the steps into the basement. And sure enough, he went down there and was looking over the basement. And there was, there was a foot of water in the basement. And he said that he told the Lord, he said, Lord, what's taking so long? He said, I thought we'd be done with this in a year. And the Lord said, you put that year on that. Not me. You did that. Right? What was the vision? The vision was build a spiritual production center, producing life, city, state, nation, world, build it there at 701 Napa Valley Drive. That was the vision. Build it debt-free. Right? Why did he say build it debt-free? Because God told him, he said, the people need to know that you can do this, that they can use their faith and build a building. And what did he say? If you can't build a building... You can't take a city. Is that right? And what was part of the vision? The Lord has given the city into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Now, now, now notice, so that year was a goal that he had, not what God said. Well, it wasn't long. God fixed all that. But a goal is something that you set. Vision is what I received from God. Your job is to make sure that what you're going after is what you receive from God. Not just a goal. It's what you receive from God. If, if, if you don't make the goal, you can always draw back. Because understand, vision is what orients the activity of your life. Your vision is what orients the activity in your life. If you don't make the goal, you can draw back and go after the goal again. But the vision is the same. Amen. If you have a vision, we talked about debt freedom. If you have a vision to be debt free and you say, well, I want to be debt free in a year and a year shows up and you still don't have debt freedom, you paid some things down, what do you do? You just recoup and you keep paying things off and you push the goal farther out. But the vision hasn't changed. The vision hasn't changed. Do, do you understand that? So, so God's telling us as a group of people, he's saying, I want you to build people's faith. I want you to frame their world by the word of God. I want you to raise up a distribution center of the word of faith, right? I want you to cover Arkansas. I want you to fill the house in DeSoto, Kansas, he, right? He's saying, that's what I want you to do. That all might not happen in the next six months, but we do what we're doing in the next six months and we keep the vision the same. A building is not a vision. 
Buildings are nice, and God's got one in our future. But that's not the vision. The vision is build faith and frame worlds wherever you're at. Whatever building you're in. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know if you noticed this morning, we don't have no room. We are slap out of room. Amen. Well, does God know that? God does know that. What, what are people coming for? You know, I, I used to think they was coming just because of my good preaching. <laughs> That's part of it. But they're coming because of the vision. Vision attracts. Vision causes people to want what you have. Vision causes people to want to be around what you're doing. If you've ever been in a church that has no vision, the people could be nice. The music could be good. The word could be good. But there was just something missing. You can go to a church where the worship is mediocre. Now ours isn't, but where the worship is mediocre. I've been in churches before and heard pastors preach and think, my God, what is he trying to say? But he had a vision. And people were behind the vision. People were behind what? Because the vision is what you got from God. The vision's what you got from God. Amen. Amen. Am I helping you? If you want to see a vision's present, look at the people. Not the leader. Look at the people. Notice he said, where there's no vision, the people perish. The people cast off restraint. There's no parameters in their life. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. You want to be a part of a ministry that's going somewhere, doing something for God, that has a vision. Amen. Not just they have a church. You know, anywhere you drive in Little Rock, you know, I drive through my city because I'm looking for a building. So I drive through my city, and some of y'all know even more than I do. You know, there are places in our city that it seems like every block, every half block, every quarter of a block, there's a little storefront church. Amen. And I mean, they have wonderful names. International House of Ever-Abiding Mercy and, you know, International This and International That. And you're thinking, well, dear Lord, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't be international. They got a big vision or something. But here's, here's the point. There's any number of churches that you could go and be a part of, but do they have a vision? If they don't have a vision, it will ultimately damage you. Because you get behind the vision of the church that God connected you to, and it expands you. It expands your horizons. When you get behind a church that has a vision to touch the world, and to touch the city, and to touch the city, and to touch the state, then you begin to expand your territory. And you begin to say, I'm a part of something bigger than me. And you begin to believe God bigger than you. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So if the vision is present, you'll see the effects in the people. You'll see the effects in the people. I had a minister that used to invite me to minister to his, in his church in, in Florida. And uh, um, I went one, one year, and he had, you know, he ran between, oh, I don't want to know, I don't know for sure, but 12 to 20 people, I mean, something like that. And I know, you know, people say, well, that, you know, that's just a little church. And, and I understand how that can be the thought. But I also understand that they hadn't been going very long. And uh, his frustration was this can't be the will of God because I've only got 20 people. 
and I, I, he, was, he was older than me, my elder, and so I, I was respectful. You have people that are showing up every Sunday. What are you doing with them? I have Jim and Carrie. They're right here, and, and they've been with us now for how long? 17, 18 years? Something like that. And uh, they, they remember on Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights in the Kansas location, we averaged about eight folks, ten folks. This is a long time ago. This was back just after Jim quit being a heathen. Amen. So that was, right? Carrie's like, that's right. Good thing he quit too. But anyway, amen. Hallelujah. We, we just stayed with it, and we kept building the vision for that Wednesday night service. This is a time for you to come and, and hear the Word of God and get rooted and grounded in the Word of God. We're not doing a lot of preaching on Wednesday night. We're doing teaching on Wednesday night. It's an hour of power. You're going to come, and God's going to, right? Amen. And people started coming, and people started coming, and people started coming, and eventually it got to where it was rivaling Sunday mornings for attendance. Amen. Now, because we promoted the vision. And I, I would ask this pastor, I would say, I would ask him, I'd say, brother, what's your vision for your church? You got people coming, they want something. They're, they're being blessed by your ministry, but what's your vision? My vision is not to preach. My vision is to build faith and frame worlds, raise up that distribution center of the word of faith. Is that right? Amen. It will happen through preaching. But everything we do builds faith. The worship time is building faith. The offering is building faith. We're building faith in the children's ministry. We're building faith in the youth ministry. We're building faith in the Bible school. It all revolves around building faith. And man, he'd have me come. I was there for two weeks. And, and the place just started filling up. Amen. And you know what I was talking about? The job of the local church in the community. The, and, I, and I wasn't talking about his church because he didn't ever tell me what his vision was. I just talked about the overall general biblical vision of the local church. Amen. To get people saved, to get people delivered, to get people set free. Amen. Not just to be a social club. Amen. I was sitting in Round Rock, Texas one time, or in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, with my pastor one time on the front row, and he leaned over by the Holy Spirit, and he said to me, he said, Philip, he said, he said, the most important thing in a church is not to be a social service place. It's to get the anointing into people's life so it can break the uh, bonds and remove the burdens in their lives. We'll do that. We'll help our community. We'll minister to the people. But the most important thing is that when people come in the church, they sense the presence of God and they're set free and delivered. <laughs> Amen. And so the, the time was coming to a close and, and I would talk to him at night and I said, now here's what you need to do. You need to get prepared the Sunday after I'm gone and you need to minister on vision. You need to tell these new people that have come during this revival what your vision is so they can get behind it. Amen. If you don't give people something to get behind, they'll go find something they can get behind. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 
And you know, he even said he would. He said, you know, next Sunday, we're going to talk about our vision. Never did. Never did it. He never did it. Now, I'm not running him down. I'm saying he never did it. Consequently, that church closed. Amen. A lot, of, a lot of those people wanted to do something in that body. Notice that this does not say where there's no leader. It says where there's no vision. If you have a leader with no vision, you have no pathway forward. Somebody's got to be the visionary. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Look at, look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, these are familiar vision scriptures, but, but I need you to jump in here and, and track with me because this is important for where we're going. You know, the things that God said to you over the years through men and women of God, that aids you in your vision. Right? Because we're going to read this scripture in a moment. It says, though it tarry, what's it say? Wait on it. Wait on it. What, what is it? See, it's not a contradiction. Let's read it, and then we'll teach on it. Notice, first of all, Habakkuk says, I will stand upon my watch. So the first thing we see here is I'm responsible for my watch. I'm responsible for my generation. I'm, I'm responsible. When God asked me to come to Little Rock, I'm, now, I'm responsible for where he put me. Amen. When, when God located this building for us, many of you were with us in the La Quinta, and we were there for uh, 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 a little while, and we started looking for a building. Pastor Michelle and I were looking. Others were looking. Pastor Michelle and I went, and we looked down, we looked down, uh, 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 down Markham, and we looked on Chennault, and, and we even went over here. But what's this buffet over here? Bobby's? Is that, that where you eat, Pastor Larry? Yeah. Yeah, amen. Uh, over there at Bobby's. And, uh, and there, there were places over there that, that were for lease, and it just didn't look right. And finally, we found this place. Amen. But we needed to be in it in three weeks, and nothing was done to it. I mean, right? They had offices in here, and they'd stripped it all out, and nothing was done. And there were even people that said, there's no way. We can't be in there in three weeks. Oh, yes, we, with the vision, we can and many of you were here, and you saw it in three weeks we were in here. Amen. Had those meetings with Annie Durant right here in this, in this, in this building. Amen. And, and then the Lord said, and then the Lord said, I want you to expand in this building. So we talked to him about this second section over here. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm responsible to be here. I'm, I'm not worried about where I'm going. I'm responsible to be here. Right now, I'm responsible to be at 10500 Markham. I'm looking for where I'm going. Every day, I'm looking and being led. But until then, I'm just going to show up and keep building faith here because that's where God told me to be. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. So in Acts 13, 36, you don't have to turn there. But you can write it down. The Bible says concerning David, it says, And David, after he had served his generation, fell on sleep. What did he do? He served his generation. 
I remember I, to, I, I, I told the Bible school students today, every time we graduate uh, 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 a, uh, a class out of our Bible school, it causes me to think about the generational impact and the next generation that's going to be impacted and the, and the past generations that have been impacted. Amen. When God gave us the vision for that Bible school, he told me what he wanted it to be. And I was reading it again tonight. And he said uh, that, that the Bible school was to be a place where the pure word of faith was taught. And people were taught how to teach the word of faith. And, amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and now most of our associate pastors went through the Bible school. Amen. Most of the ministers that are ordained in our fellowship have been through the Bible school. We've graduated a lot of people in the last 20 plus years. Amen. Amen. And I've had people say, how do you do that? It's got to be your vision. It's got to be part of your vision. People used to ask Brother Hagin, I want to start a Bible school. How'd you start your Bible school? And Brother Hagin say, look, God's got to lead you on what it's got to be part of your vision. That's part of serving our generation. Am I helping you? And then he said, I'll set me upon the tower, oh glory, and I will watch to see what he'll say to me. If you want to cultivate vision, you got to spend time hearing from God. There's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. Amen. That's, and, and, and I'll say this, and please hear my heart when, when I say this. Uh, I used to get invited to a lot of pastors' conferences and ministry conferences. And I would go, and I still go to some. Not as many as I used to. Uh, I have to be selective. There's one I go to every January, and it's a life changer. But the, but the, but the point is, is this, is that I would go to those conferences, and it was always the latest, greatest church growth program. The seven steps to the 14 steps to the 13 hoop jumpings, and voila, you'll have a 5,000-member church. And please hear me when I say this. And I would sit around with these ministers that were there, and you know, you know how ministers are. You know, I mean, I mean you, 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 you run into your friends and even some people that are not so friendly, and, and you go out to eat, and, and you know, after the conference, you go get something to eat, you get something at lunch, Amen. And you would sit around and talk, uh, talk to these guys, and none of them were ready to pastor a 5,000-member church. I wasn't ready to pastor a 5,000-member church. Amen. But yet, they're giving you the five steps to the seven planks to the 14, whatever, to have a 5,000-member church. Everybody's not going to have a 5,000-member church. The key to success with whatever you have is that you have a vision for what you have. That's the key. That's the key to success. I said that's the key to success. Amen. I'll tell you something pastor said in a minute, but, but you understand? And, and inevitably, here's the question you'd hear all the time. So how many of y'all running, doc? Running what? Running away? Running around the room? Running what? Running what? What do you mean? I'm just a smart aleck like that. You have to forgive me. And I'd tell him, I said, well, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, if everybody comes to me, if everybody came to Little Rock on a given Sunday that says they're a member of this church, we'd have to put out chairs. 
So, I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know how many we're running. I, I just know I look out here and I see faces. And, and, and I see sheep, so my job's feed them. Right? A lot of those ministers that I went to all those years ago with those conferences, they're not even in ministry no more. Some of them don't even have churches anymore. Why? I found the secret. No vision. They were trying to get something from somebody else with no vision. Amen. Hallelujah. There, there was a very notable ministry in the southern, well, we're in the southern part of the United States, but farther south. And, and I won't mention the state because you might figure out who it was. And, and they, it, they had a notable ministry. I was very close to them. Notable ministry. At one time, it was the third fastest growing church in America. Amen. Three, four, five thousand people. Started, started out in an inflatable dome that, that they would put up on, on a parking lot and, and had three or four services. Just phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. And you know the vision of that ministry, you know what it was? Put sneakers to the gospel. That's what it was. Go into every man's world and preach the gospel. Amen. Bus ministry. Tommy Barnett was a tremendous mentor of theirs. Amen. And I remember that pastor, he would preach, who's going to drive the bus? My Lord, it just wanted me to go buy, uh, made me want to go buy a bus and just go get people saved. My, amen. It was vision. It was vision. This is what we're called to do. This is what God has called us to do and placed us here to do. And you know, while they preached vision and they, they discussed those things and they were serving their generation with what God wanted them to do, that church thrived. That church grew. A amen. When they got off the vision, that's when that church started tailing off. Amen. That's when that church started tailing off. And, and it got so bad, it got so bad, that he, that's the minister that I told you. He was preaching. Pastor Michelle was there for a conference, and he was preaching. And, and he said, you know, everybody lies. And everybody's waiting on him to finish. And he goes, I mean, I lie. And then he looks at my wife, and he goes, I mean, you lie, right, Michelle? And she goes, no, I don't lie. Amen. That, that's what it all started. Fall, and Amen. And before you know it, the, the thing just fell apart, and it's just a shell of what it used to be. Why? They got away from the vision. They got away from the vision. I told my pastor the last time I was with him, he, he ministered something here, and I said, Pastor, I have notes from where you ministered that in 1982. You ministered that in 1982. Amen. That's, that's the vision for his life and ministry. Amen. Now notice, am I helping you with this? And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. The vision's for an appointed time. The end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. Notice that. The Lord told Oral Roberts, take my healing power to your generation. Take my healing power to your generation. Amen. Take my healing power to your generation. Boy, he did. That was his vision. Take my healing power to your generation. 
The Lord told Lester Summerall, he said, show, show this generation, show your generation my strength. And he did. Everywhere he went, he went like a tank, showing that, his generation strength. He told Brother Kenneth Hagin, he said, go teach my people faith. Amen. And, and, that, and that's what they did. And they impacted the world. Those three men that we just discussed, their vision that God gave them, they impacted the world. And, and if you look at every one of them, they come from meager means. Amen. They, they, they come from minuscule families. Dr. Sumrall's dad was not even saved. When Dr. Sumrall said, I've got to go preach, his dad kicked him out of his house. He was an old reprobate. Now, he got saved eventually. Thank God. Amen. Oral Roberts came from a poor Pentecostal holiness background with parents that were just dirt farmers. Amen. Was dying of tuberculosis. Took, took in the back seat of a car to an old-fashioned tent revival. Coughing up blood. And had hands laid on him. And God healed him instantly and raised him up and said, Now take my healing power to your generation. That became the vision. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Kenneth, Kenneth Haken came from a broken home with a father that deserted his wife and, and all the children living with his grandparents. Amen. Orphans kicked from house to house and family to family. 17 years of age told you got to die. If there's one chance in a million of you making it, we'd tell you, but you don't have a chance in a million. He said, we've discussed your case at medical conventions and everybody that has what you have, by 17, they start dying. Amen. But on the sick bed of affliction, he found Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 that said, if you will believe, you can have what you say. And when he grabbed, remember, if I find it in the Word, you can't stop me from having it. He found it in the Word, and it wasn't but 16 months later, he came off that bed. They said you can't, but God said you can. What, that's the people that impact the world. People that impact the world have vision. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm standing my watch. Why? Because I'll only be rewarded for what God asked me to do. I won't be rewarded for anything else. Just what God asked me to do. Hallelujah. Because I'll be held responsible for my watch. Amen. I've talked to preacher friends and they'll say, I don't understand how you get everything done that you get done. Well, what do you mean? I don't have a choice. This is my watch. This is what God asked me to do. God's asking us to cover Arkansas. We're going to cover Arkansas. I say, we're going to cover Arkansas. I recently had an opportunity to drive Arkansas from one end to the other. And I thought, Lord, we're going to cover Arkansas. We're going to, I might plant a church here. We're going to plant a, we're just, we're going to cover Arkansas. Amen. Hallelujah. How are you going to do it? The vision comes pre-supplied with its own power source. I'm not going to wear out. I'm not going to wear out. I have the power source of the vision. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Do, do you see this? A vision is a living thing. Without it, people are restrained. It's not just to hype people up. It's not just to stir people up. It's a living thing. It becomes a part of you. You know, when, 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 when you allow the vision to just become a part of you, and I have a book here that, that I have. It's called My Vision Book, and uh, different things that the Lord has said to us. And, you know, Pastor Michelle uh, flew out today. She's in Dallas right now, and uh, she's going to be on uh, Table Talk with Joni Lamb on Daystar tomorrow. And uh, in any event, uh, I remember, I remember years ago, uh, we, were, we, we, had just, we had just gotten married, and, and we were, uh, uh, she was on the praise team at the church, and I was on the praise team at the church, and uh, we had a guest minister from Michigan that was in ministering, and uh, 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 Pastor Michelle was on the front row, I was up, I was playing music, I, I think I was playing the bass is what I was doing, and uh, now that doesn't mean I can play the bass, it, it just means I know some chords, all right? Uh, so, so don't get any ideas, all right? Praise. I know Minister King's looking for a bass player. Hallelujah. He said, why that long, tall man from Kansas got to be a guitar player? Why can't he be? That's the first thing he asked. I said, Jim plays the guitar, and he goes, bass guitar? Uh, no, regular guitar. Oh, <laughs> Scooby. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, I, w- I, I was up there, and, th- and this minister called my wife out, and he made the statement to her. He talked to her about her testimony being on airwaves and going around the world. Well, we've seen that. But uh, in uh, June, June 9th of 2000, June 9th of 2000, we had a guest minister at the church in DeSoto. And uh, uh, this is a very prominent minister. And they, we were sitting on the front row. And she walked over to us and she said, Do not despise small beginnings. And talking to my wife specifically, she said, the Lord will take your testimony around the world, and it will be on airwaves. The Lord will take it upon airwaves, says God, and God says to you that the ministry will be national and reach the four corners of the world. Amen. Do not limit yourself to this city. Now, you you know how long we had been in DeSoto? This is 2000. We had been there a year and a half. Because we became pastors December 1998, or a little over a year, year and a half. Now, and God's talking to me in 2000 about not limiting myself to the city. He only spoke to us about coming to Little Rock eight years ago. But we held on to that vision. We're not going to limit ourselves to this city. What'd that do? That kept us open for whatever city he wanted us to go to. Are you following me? He said he'll give you a vision for this city, but your ministry will reach the four corners of the earth and God will bring people. There's great favor upon you and he'll bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. 
even to the place where your mouth will drop and say, how can this caliber of person come into our presence? And God will send them to you. And he says, never worry about the finances and never make a decision based on finances. God says, be obedient to his voice. The resources shall come to you even from foreign countries. Resources shall come to you and many thousands upon thousands of souls will be run through the ministry and the vision that God has birthed in you. Amen. Now, I read that to you for one reason. We've just kept with the vision. We've just kept with the vision. This is what God told us to do. And he said, he said, I'll give you a vision for this city. But he said, don't limit yourself to this city. And, and when God began to deal with us to come to Little Rock and to start a second church, that's the first thing that came to my mind is God said, don't limit ourselves to where we're at. Am I helping you? Amen. Amen. The power of vision is that it speaks. The power of vision is that it speaks. I asked Pastor Caldwell one time, I said, how were you able to be sure that you were pressing into all that God wanted you to do in your church? And his response was, listen to God and know what he's saying. And then he made this statement. You'll know inside first, the vision will speak. Listen to it. The vision will speak. Listen to it. Amen. You'll know inside first. The vision will speak. How do, how do I know I'm pressing into everything God wants me to do? I know inside first. The vision will speak. The vision will speak. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's for you personally in your life, the vision for your family the vision for your future, it'll speak on the inside of you. When you have a vision for where you're going, you don't need anybody else to tell you what's right or wrong because the vision speaks. Amen. When, when you have a vision, listen, when, when, when you have a vision, there's very little that can stop you. It, amen. Pa Pastor, remember, he said... He said he was in Southern California. He was actually in Ed, in Ed Dufresne's house in his basement bedroom and praying. And, and he said he was so overwhelmed by the presence of God. He was just weeping under, in the presence of God. And he said, the Lord said to him, I want you to go back to Little Rock. And I want you to raise up a church. And I want you to raise up a spiritual production center. And I want you to produce life, city, state, nation, and world. Amen. And he said, I came back to Little Rock, and he said, I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I got in the paper, and I got real estate people to help me, and I couldn't find a building anywhere. He said, the only thing I found was an old tin barn. And he said, I told my wife, I said, this is all I could find. She said, well, we're not going to get that because I wouldn't even go there. And he said one day he needed to get some shampoo. And he remembered that when they were in California, they went to a Woolco shopping center. And he said they had just opened up a Woolco shopping center on Barrow Road. And so he's going to get shampoo. And he said, I came up over the hill. And, and you know, the well, some of y'all were there. You, you know, it's down. You, you go down the, the shopping centers at the end of that hill. And he said, and he said, I went. 
I came up over the hill and I saw that shopping center and the Lord said, there's your church. And he said, I saw that they were leasing those bays out. Right? Now what's he got? What's he got? What is the only thing he's got? A vision. No money. A vision. No money, but a vision. Right? They're traveling ministers. And God's asking them to start a church. What'd he give them? A vision. A vision. And he said he called the number, and the person that was over that flew in from Texas to talk to him. And said, well, sure, we'd, we'd, we'd lease you uh, one of these. He goes, no, I don't need one. I need three. And he said, and I want it written into the lease option that when we grow and need all of them, I can have them. And he said, the guy looked at him like, is there anything else you want? And he said, yes, would you build us a platform? Give us some chairs and take such and such amount off the lease payment. And the guy said, okay, what do you have? What do you have? Help me. What do you have? A vision. What was speaking in that meeting? The vision. When you have a vision, you'll ask for things that scare other people. Because I got a vision. I got a vision. I say, I got a vision. Is it okay if I tell you another pastor's story? I was taking him somewhere one time. And, and this would have been back uh, right after the, the pandemic, I guess. Maybe, maybe before, maybe a little before, I think, right after, though. And, and we drove by a certain church. And there was no for sale sign or anything out in front of that church. But he just, like he does, he just pointed at that church. And he said, Philip, he said, you know, it's like that. If, if you were to call that number, if God told you that that was your building or that you could have that building, he said, you just call that number on the sign. And he said, uh, you wouldn't have any problem asking because you knew God wanted you to do it. And he told me the story about one time he found out that a uh, jet airplane was for sale. A banker in town had a jet airplane for sale. And he said, my thought was, you know, I'm going to go ask him for that airplane. And if they give it to me, then I'll sell it. And it'll help us do what God wants us to do. So he went down and met with the man and asked him for his airplane. Now, what he said was, "I'll, I'll give you a donation letter. And you can write it off your taxes. And the guy said, well, let me talk to my accountant, and I'll let you know. And sure enough, he talked to his accountant, and he called him back. And he said, you know, I'd really like to do that, and, and I thought I could. He said, but, but the only thing is, if I did that, you couldn't sell the plane. Because, because it, it, you couldn't make any money off of it. Because it would be a donation to a tax-exempt uh, 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 entity. But here's, then he looked at me and he said, I don't have any problem asking for the kingdom. When you have a vision, you don't have any problem asking for the kingdom. Amen. If God tells you to do it, you need to do it, and God will provide for it. It's called provision. God is provision. Amen. Vision speaks. It's alive from God. I say vision speaks. It's alive from God. Glory to God. Leadership without vision 
can actually contribute to and accelerate the perishing of the people. Amen. Do you see this? When you have the vision, you want to be involved. Because there's life in serving. There's life in serving. The strongest marriages I see in the local church are marriages that serve the church and serve God together. Because there's a life in it. The life of the vision feeds into that relationship. Amen. I, I, I heard a pastor say one time, he said, service in the church will keep you clean. And you know, that blessed me because it will, because there's always a flow. There's always a flow. I don't know what it's like not to serve in the church. I don't, I don't remember any time in my life that I haven't been serving in the church. I don't remember. I got born again when I was eight years old. I wasn't perfect. I made some mistakes in my life at one point for about a year. But here's the point. I don't remember any time in my life that I wasn't serving in the church. We were always doing something. And people say, that's because your parents were pastors or ministers. No. When my dad would travel on the evangelistic field, and we'd be part of a church, an Assembly of God church there where we were living, man, we were involved. Mom was teaching Sunday school. I was involved in helping. Our family was involved in helping. Because there's life in it. If you don't want to serve in the local church, chances are you've not caught the vision. And I only fail to catch vision for one of two reasons. It's not being presented or I'm not catching it. It's important. I say it's important. So leadership without vision can actually contribute to and accelerate the perishing of people. Don't, don't, don't let the devil drive you away from the vision God has for you. Stay with it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, thank you, Lord. E Ephesians 1, I'm going to hurry. I believe I'm helping you. Yes, sir. Yes. Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm not going to take the time to, to read all of this, but I, I want you to see something here. Um, chapter 1, look at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that has blessed us with every spiritual, all, have, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Verse 4 says, He hath chosen us before the foundation of the world. Verse 5, having predestined us to the adoption of children. Verse 6, He has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption. Verse 8, He's abounded toward us. Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now here's what I want you to see. Everything that Jesus did is all about us. But it's not all about self. Vision is not about self. Everything that he did was about us. But it wasn't about self. It's not, it's, vision doesn't lift a person up. Vision promotes God's agenda. 
The vision of a local church is not the pastor. The pastor carries the vision of the local church. And he imparts the vision of the local church into the people in the local church. And the people in the local church run with the vision of that church. Whatever department you're a part of, you're a part of it because you have the vision of the church. Amen. I I don't want gap fillers. I want people that have the vision. Well, we just need somebody to plug this hole. Then that's what you'll get, a hole plugger. And that's it. And you know any old rock will plug a hole. You want, you want somebody with a vision. Not, not just for a vision for that department. They have the vision of the body, the vision of the ministry. They understand what we're called to do. Amen. When you have the vision of a ministry, you understand that where we're at is not where we're going. And you understand that ever how many people are there, that's the smallest group you'll ever see. Because the vision is larger than that. Amen. Do, do you understand that? And you're, and, you're, and you're making that known to your people. Ever, ever what it may be. In the media center, you're making people to be known, to, to making it known to them that, that we are not just here to service people and take money for product. We, we're helping people get these free products and get this information into their life that's going to do what? Build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I think Elizabeth said it today in her uh, valedictorian speech. She said, you know, who would have ever thought of puppets preaching the gospel? But they are. Amen. You know what Lily said today, this morning? She said, oh, she said, I'm so excited. She said, I hope that fast Freddy's there preaching again. (laughs) Amen. Well, Elizabeth does a puppet called Fast Freddy. And he preaches the word. He shares the gospel. Amen. Well, what's happening? Back there in that children's ministry. Their faith is being built. And their worlds are being framed by the word of God. Our children's ministers are taking the word of faith. And breaking it into little pieces. So those children can comprehend it and grasp it. Amen. And they're using skits. And they're using videos. Amen. Lily said, Lily said something today. She said, we were reading a book last night when she was going to, to, to bed about Sunday school. And uh, she said, she was looking at the picture and she goes, you know, that's like our children's church, except we don't have a chalkboard. We got a big TV and we, right, and we don't have an old lady teaching. We have puppets. Now, those are her words, not my words. Right? But what's happening? They're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They're getting saved. They're getting healed. Their faith is being built. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I I watch every Wednesday. You know, I love to watch people come to church. I I love to watch that. I'll open the blinds in my uh, my study so I can watch people come to church. I love to see people come to church. And on every Wednesday night, you know, Pastor Larry and and Anna, they get here and, 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 you know, uh, uh, they... They have pizza and stuff in the back for the youth. And, and you know, that, that pizza smells to cover up the bad smell when the teenage boys get there. But in any event, uh, I used to be a youth pastor, I know. Amen. Pizza covers up that corn chip smell. Amen. And so anyway, uh, but, there, you know, there's a young man 
that comes on, on Wednesday night. And you know what? You know what I find so interesting? His parents pull him up and drop him off. And he comes to church, comes to youth group. And when he started coming to youth group, he was failing math. He was failing in school. And Pastor Larry began to teach him and preach to him and say, you know what? You have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through Christ. You need to start declaring over yourself that your grades are coming up. Something like that, right? Amen. And, and, and I went back there and Pastor Larry said, tell Pastor what happened. And he told me the grade point average that he had in math before he started coming to, to detour. And he said, after Pastor Larry taught me, he said, here's what I have. And he was up making B's, low A's and high B's. Amen. Came with a broken arm and they laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he went back to the doctor and the doctor said, well, your arm's healed. You can come out of the cast. (laughs) How can you put a price on that? Why are they doing that vision? What are they doing to those students every Wednesday? Building their faith and framing their world by the word of God. And so what will happen? Now the next generation will be impacted. Oh, glory to God. Isn't Isn't that wonderful? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's look at one last verse, Acts 26 and verse 19. And that's anything that you're involved in because it all works together to facilitate and promote the vision. And so the question that we always ask in this body is how is that going to build faith? How is that going to frame worlds by the word of God? That's what we want. That's, that's our focus. Amen, because we got to raise up this distribution center of the word of faith. Amen. Get it out on every available voice. In Acts 26 and 19, the apostle Paul is before King Agrippa, and he just recounted the actual vision that he had seen. But he said in verse 19, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. So the vision must be from heaven. Now, Paul saw an actual vision, but the vision, whatever vision God has given, must be from heaven. Because vision never leaves things the way they are. Vision builds the people. Vision builds the children. Vision builds the students. Vision builds the singles. Vision builds marriages, right? Vision builds the people. Amen. Our nursery full today. I think, I think it was Mary told me, we have babies everywhere. Well, praise the Lord. And what we do? Built their faith by the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll wrap up with this. You know, I talk about the local church. I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I mean, I know that, that Jesus is the hope of the world, but I, I know that, that working through the local church, he's the hope of the world. And, you know, it took some number of years. I remember when I read uh, Pastor Caldwell's book many, many years ago, Saving Our Cities, and he said that God had given him that revelation years before, but he said, I took time to prove it out, to make sure that what I was seeing would, would work in our city. And he went through all the illustrations of how it worked. You know, 
there are things I've waited. I just wanted to see if it would, if you could prove it out. And we talked about the children, talked about the youth. You know, I have one of my main uh, associate ministers. Uh, you all know Brother Ron Poole, uh, one of my main associates, him and his wife, Deborah. He was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost in our youth group. Amen. Hallelujah. We got, we got, we got people of, of, of <laughs> all over the church that were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost in children's church. Amen. We have children now in our churches that have never known any other church but ours. They've never been to any other church. And when they talk, they talk faith. They know how to believe God. Amen. We got one family in the church, uh, the, uh, uh, Jeremy and Sarah Wilder, and, and they have, what, they got five kids? Six. Five or six? Five kids. Amen. And all those kids speak in tongues, know how to speak the word. You know where she got saved? Fort Faith. You know where she got filled with the Holy Ghost? Fort Faith. You know where he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost? Our church. That's all they know. And they hear the vision continually, consistently, consistently, consistently. When you come to Faith Builders and you do anything in the church, you usher, you greet, you work in the media department, you work in, in the nursery, you work in the children's ministry, you work in, in, in the detour, you sing on the praise team, play music on the praise team. Amen. You help with the clean team. You help out in the media center, the AV department. Amen. You are building people's faith and framing their world by the word of God. Philip Rollins is sitting back there tonight, and he's not just running a camera. He's enabling us to touch the lives of ever how many people are watching online tonight, and we're building their faith and framing their world by the word of God. The other members of the, of the AV department, they didn't just hit a button to record this message. They are recording it for posterity. This message is now put down for the generations to come, and they'll understand how vision can impact their lives. That, that AV department is sharing the eternal word of God with untold numbers of people. They're not just making sure there's no feedback. And making sure it's loud enough. And making sure, no, it's changing the world because of the vision. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. D.L. Moody was on a ship. And he was, uh, had listened, he was listening to two ladies talk. And one of the ladies said to the other, she said, I don't know that the world has yet seen what God can do through a man totally yielded to him. And D.O. Moody said, I heard that, and I went around the side of the ship, and I wept before God, and I said, God, I'm that man. I, wanna, I want to see what you can do through somebody that's totally yielded to you. Amen. And he only, he only won about, you know, 1.24, 5 million people to Jesus. In, in that day and age. Amen. But he had a vision to do it. We have a vision. Cover Arkansas. Build their faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. 
Amen. Everywhere we go, there is no not being a faith builder. Amen. Building faith is not something you do per se. It's something that you are. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Stand up tonight, would you? I hope you receive something from the Lord. Oh, hallelujah.